Straight from Boston, it's Founder Thought, the show that has everything from advice, ideas, and inspiration from founders and business owners that made it all happen. On this episode, Stephanie and Oz speak with Emma Guardia, a real estate agent in Cambridge, Massachusetts. They discuss her business partnership, the inspirations that drive her, and what she does to stand out in a saturated market. So thank you guys for joining. Uh, Today, we're here with Emma Guardia. Uh, from Emma Guardia Real Estate. So Emma, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a Cambridge resident. Um, Boston is my place to be. I Mm -hmm. love living here. And clearly, I love selling property in this neighborhood. (laughs) I have no intention to leave. I grew up actually in a farming agriculture town, which is very Mm -hmm. different to living in the city now. Mm -hmm. But I think I really enjoyed as a kid growing up in the outdoors, having those environments. And now I've transitioned into a very urban area, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. A yeah. very different change. Where did you grow up? What what area? I grew up in Rainham, Massachusetts, okay. which is generally yeah. known, people know it for the flea market or the dog track. It's yeah. either or. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so we actually grew up on a potato farm. I had an Appaloosa oh, wow. horse when oh, I was wow. little. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I love my horses. Parents, even though we were a very working class family, my parents spoiled us yeah. um, between private soccer leagues and having a horse. I mean, yeah. who grows up having a horse? I mean, yeah. we were definitely spoiled. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Great. So tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate. Well, I started real estate in the South Shore just about probably nine years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I was quite young. When I was 23, my work ethic has always been really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always put been committed and put all of my energy into whatever work I was doing. And it was actually part contributed to my um, partner that I was dating at that time who had owned a lot of investments. And Mm -hmm. I realized that it was a great way to streamline some extra income. Mm -hmm. So I saved for about two years and uh, got an FHA loan, which Mm -hmm. was 2% down. You know, Mm -hmm. it was very minimal down payment, which was a really easy way to get into buying property. And it was a three family. Mm -hmm. So through that process, I had a really great experience with my agent. And that sparked my interest in getting to know real estate more as being a landlord and landlord tenant rights, all of that information. So Mm -hmm. I went and got my license. Mm -hmm. I joined Coldwell Banker and I was with them for quite a long time. But now I'm with Compass. They were my second brokerage that I joined. Mm -hmm. I moved up to Cambridge in 2017. So I've been doing business here since. So now we started in 23. 23, it's very hard age to start a business or to get involved. Mm-hmm. So what do you learn in 20, 23? Being a landlord is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as easy as uh, people expect. You know, I, I, I had it in, uh, I think, the winter of 2015, which was a horrible year. It, mm-hmm. We had ice dams, gutters fall off. Oh uh, I had the fire department like at my house <laughs> within the first, you know, six months of ownership. Yeah. And I learned that my house was on top of a river, which was so fun <laughs> because my basement flooded every spring. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they were like, your house is under the Taunton River or above the Taunton River. So that was there were so many challenges. I ended up jumping into a basement filled with water with a live electrical Mm -hmm. uh, running wire underneath the ground, which I had no idea of until after the fact. Luckily, (laughs) hey, I'm still here. (laughs) I didn't get electrocuted. But there were a lot of incidents that made me, I really, part of, my biggest thing was that I cared so much. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted my tenants to have a good experience. Mm -hmm. By doing that, it almost exhausted me because 
I constantly was thinking about how can I better this situation? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I learned a lot about, I was threatened to, someone was going to sue me. Mm -hmm. I, you know, at 23 years old, that's a huge fear. I've Mm -hmm. had to deal with constables and evictions and that whole entire process, which was completely new to me. And it was really scary to be mm-hmm. that young and dealing with tenants who were, you know, 15 years older than me mm-hmm. and t- kind of trying to, you know, show my stature and confidence yeah. that I was the one who was in control. Yeah. yeah. So now if you go back, what's something you will do different from what you learned so far? If you go back for that one, we say, you know what? Oh, I should not do this. Or do you will do it again? I would do well. I, I did it again because I am a landlord again. Oh. I have an investment property in Cambridge, and it was primarily I renovated it to live in it, and then mm-hmm. decided to actually purchase something with my partner. So mm-hmm. we are renovating that now. I rented it out, and I have lovely tenants. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both architects, so that makes me feel good that I did a good job with my renovation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've had that for over a year. I've definitely learned to ways to ease the process of being a landlord mm-hmm. by preparing for things before they become a problem. Yeah. But even with that, I've had issues. Uh, when I was in the construction process of that condo, the contractor that I hired accidentally didn't shut the water off to the stack in my building, mm-hmm. and it caused a flooding in the basement. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, again, another very stressful situation Luckily, he had insurance and we were able to sort through it. But there's always going to be incidents where I think you have to just manage your emotions and say, no one's injured here. No one's hurt. Mm-hmm. We can find a solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. So now you jump into real estate. Yes, you are in real estate right now. I'm still in real estate. Yeah. yeah. So you jump into real estate. You have your agency. Now, uh, because I want to go back for the 23, you said something where you uh, you work with people all the levy now for female to be in real estate what's the challenges there? do you have any challenges in general i actually feel by demographic of what i've experienced for realtors mm-hmm. it's there are more females in real estate than there are males mm-hmm. it's one of those and i'm not saying one is better than the other mm-hmm. but it's an interesting thing compared to other industries mm-hmm. that it i think it's a job that enables women to to be social mm-hmm. as they are and to really get to know their community better. Where do you find businesses where when you have a child, you can actually prosper because you're building a community of mm-hmm. people that you work in as well. So there's a really mm-hmm. great way to be able to transition and know I want to do this. And no matter what changes in my lifestyle, I can continue to prosper in my business. Mm-hmm. Now I don't have children, so I don't, I don't know that experience fully, but I've seen many very successful women who are in my firm who mm-hmm. have multiple children and are still extremely successful. Mm-hmm. That also That's amazing. goes into being having a good work, work ethic, but mm-hmm. I think also in some ways that can help their business too. I would imagine. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. it, just in business in general, obviously I'm a business owner myself and it's I don't have kids as well. And it's it's very challenging right now just with my time that I spend in the business and working, you know, building the business and in the business. Um, I can't even imagine like adding in children into the mix with the amount of hours that I work and the amount of time I invest into the business now. So it, it's interesting to know that there are industries out there that do help sort of support women and support um 
you know, that sort of lifestyle where you can have flexibility and have kids and it helps actually increase and, and grow your business. So that's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's really nice. And that's one of the luxuries of owning a business. But Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have a perception that this business is easy, Mm -hmm. but it has a lot of challenges, too. Yeah. With with real estate. Yeah. So what's the challenge you face? Well, breaking into a market specifically like Cambridge is really hard because it's a small market and Mm -hmm. it is a very. It's a competitive market and Mm -hmm. there's, you know, a percentile of agents that I can tell you that hold generally all of the market share Mm -hmm. and coming into it also as I was young and I was able to luckily find a mentor who saw my work ethic, which was unlike most. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was living in Easton for two years and was commuting up here every day and would work from eight to 6 PM and then drive home. Mm -hmm. That was until I realized that I liked the location and I officially moved up here, but Mm -hmm. it was a lot, there was a lot of challenging and commutes. And then in general, you're commuting to your office, but then your office is on wheels. So you're commuting (laughs) commuting all day. Yeah. You're commuting all day. You know, it made it a challenge because I didn't know what my schedule was going to look like. All I knew is that I wanted I had a, a goal in mind. I remember when I was in Easton, I put a map mm-hmm. of Cambridge. Mm-hmm. I f- my office had this really cool map of the entire city outlined. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to work in this office yeah. and I'm going to do my business in like this entire yeah. vicinity. Yeah. And I mapped it out. I tried to figure out what location I wanted to be in. And I ended up in West Cambridge. And from there, I just worked really hard. Mm-hmm. and. I think after a few years, I, I became very successful, but it came with a lot of sacrifices. Mostly I started in leasing and those transitioned into buyers. Mm-hmm. And the in general, the, the purchase of my three family really helped because when I sold that, it gave me the cushion to mm-hmm. be able to take the risk of being not insured, mm-hmm. not having a general income of a weekly pay stub, ha- yeah. having zero money. And then even if you do have a sale, which is rare in your mm-hmm. first six months potentially, mm-hmm. then you, you have to wait another 90 days to get that check. Yeah. So I had a cushion and was kind of conservative about how I was going to make the decision to move up here or transition to a city. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, uh, people have welcomed me now. And there have been a lot of great people who have helped me along the way, including my business partner, who saw me and said, this person has a different drive. I think yeah. she would be a great asset for me. And we've yeah. both, we've been working together now for over four years mm-hmm. and people are surprised by it because our age difference is so significant, mm-hmm. but we bring this synergy and this really cool yeah. energy that we can speak to every age, which mm-hmm. is really helpful. That's great. So, so, so who is your, I, I want to ask about your mentor because you mentioned your mentor. Who was your mentor or who have been, who, who have mentored you along the way? My business partner was probably a huge mentor to me because he knew the market. He knew every street. Mm -hmm. Like it was on the back (laughs) of his hand. He just knew he was so knowledgeable in it. And he had been working for 30 plus years in that specific market. So to have that information really was able to to expedite the process of me learning Mm -hmm. so much through him because I got market knowledge that the general person would have to learn over Mm -hmm. a long course of time. Yeah. He was able to pass on to me. 
Amazing. So I want to jump for something you said. You said you put the map and you put like the action. Oh, it sounds for me like you put a goal. So this is was mm-hmm. your goal. So uh, how you how you think goals help you achieve what you're trying to achieve? Because it sounds for me this is you put a goal. I want to work in this place. This is the location I'm gonna target. So how is the goal help you to achieve what you want to achieve? Well, the map served a lot of purposes. It served <laughs> a purpose of me understanding the main arteries of the city. Sure. So Cambridge is unique in that just like Boston, you know, four or five blocks can really change the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So if someone says they want to be in mid-Cambridge or North Cambridge or West Cambridge, those are all very different places. Mm-hmm. And learning the streets and understanding that is going to be very important because someone who's new who may want to speak to the area and they're working with a client who's lived in Cambridge for seven years, well, you have to learn and know your stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because that will be the decision of whether they decide to work with someone else or mm-hmm. work with with you, and really, the beginning process can sometimes be a little bit of fake it until you make it. I mean, mm-hmm. I had to really prepare myself and learn, as absorb and learn as much as I could so I, I could speak to the locations that I was selling in. And that's such a priority. I would mm-hmm. never want to walk into something where I felt like I was misguiding a mm-hmm. person in of a course. very big investment in their life. Yeah, yeah. of course. Okay, so uh, if we go back, you said something about like uh, – uh, you want to sign because a lot of real estate agent. So now when you come for like, you know, I keep saying pizza is like all pizza is the same, but how you pizza is different from all the, so you have to have something to build something okay. for you unique. So what's the unique when you build your business, when you open your agency, city, you know what? We got to have a mission. We got to have vision. We got to have different view to do stuff. Did you, did you do something like this? <laughs> the first I, idea I had, because when I think of Cambridge, it's a very green, you know, they're trying to reduce emissions. Mm-hmm. It's a pro-cycling community. Mm-hmm. I thought, how do how about we do marketing pieces where you deliver paper where you can actually replant it? And they mm-hmm. have these, like, beautiful types of paper material. I did get very creative in the beginning, and mm-hmm. I still do. I wanted to set myself apart and show my personality and my attitude in my marketing. Therefore, mm-hmm. if you look at the stuff that I do now— People will look at it and say, that doesn't say real estate. And maybe that's the purpose. Maybe it's to say real estate can be very stressful, especially Mm -hmm. when you're in the market of Cambridge. How can we make this lighter? How can we make it more fun? Right. My next two ads are uh, No Place Like Home by, you know, Dorothy. And then I'm doing a Star Trek (laughs) one. You know, like they're really different yeah. but i see, see that it's in impro- it's mm-hmm. people are having fun with it our clients mm-hmm. love to see and it probably pulls ad. in the right kind of clientele because it's you know you want clientele that are gonna enjoy i mean the whole 90 percent of your clients and somebody working with you is a relationship right so part of that is you want them to know who you are person you know the, you want them to know your personality and and how you approach things and stuff so i would imagine that that just plays into the whole point of getting the right ty- right type of clientele to come in and meet with you and work with you. Definitely. So. I want someone who enjoys working with me as much as I do them, right? Mm-hmm. And that makes an introduction to some people may not like it, and that's okay. But I know that in general, the people who 
it speaks to are the demographic that maybe are meant for me. There's mm-hmm. an agent for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. We truly believe in this because even like, you know, the agency Baby Gang, even our name, why it's a very unique name, because we're trying to be like, we're not for everybody. Like even the Baby, the whole idea behind the Baby Spice Hut, because I think this is what a lot of people would make mistake in the business. They jump in the business, they want to capture everybody. I think this is really the mistake. Yeah. They're trying to they're trying to make everybody happy. They're trying the message to fit everybody. But for example, for us, for Pepper Gang, why our name is Pepper Gang? Because we don't want spicy hot. This means we're not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Not everybody like us, and we don't like everybody. So I want to work. With, <laughs> seriously, we want <laughs> to work with the street. people we like, and we people we enjoy uh, enjoy what our ideas and people we think we can help. I think this is a huge mistake. A lot mm-hmm. of business people really jump because I feel a lot of people jump in the market. They, they want just want to, to target everybody. Everybody, you know? yeah. no segmentation. I yeah. want to work with this. I think it's a it's smart what you're doing. So you not you don't want to make everybody happy because not everybody's gonna like your ad. But a lot of people who they like your ad, they're gonna come for you directly. I like Emma. I think Emma she's very engaging, very smart, very creative, whatever. So I want to go work with them. Very smart. Yeah, so I wanna I wanna get to know Emma a little bit more. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what's what's one thing that you wish people understood about you? One, ooh, that's a tricky question. Um, <laughs> no, besides that tricky question. <laughs> now it gets difficult. Um, I like to make jokes a lot. <laughs> and hopefully yeah. people would realize that sometimes <laughs> they're not serious. Yeah. Especially working in my job when we're, you're working with, like, the most stressful Mm -hmm. and then you're everyone has different relationships with money Mm -hmm. so i try to like make that looser but like some people may interpret that the wrong way but i just try to have fun with it and take the load off because it's stressful yeah yeah so So i I like to crack jokes a lot in the moment yeah okay keep things light so what one thing can inspire you one thing that and inspire you inspires inspires me the most inspiring thing for me is someone who was not fed from a silver spoon mm-hmm. and someone who really started from nothing mm-hmm. and built something amazing. Mm-hmm. That's really inspiring Why? to me. Because I think in life when you're not, when you, you're kind of five steps behind someone who may have been offered more mm-hmm. things at their age or in their life or that their parents were mm-hmm. able to give them more. Mm-hmm. then for someone to be able to surpass that just shows that sometimes when you're given unfortunate circumstances or that you may not have everything that someone else has mm-hmm. in life, but you can still use, make foundational blocks to get to their position or exceed that. Like those are the building blocks. I think that sometimes when you, you work harder when you come from nothing, mm-hmm. therefore, it just it's inspiring to me to see people build businesses yeah. who don't have I agree with that. I I like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think you're absolutely right, but I don't think it's about work it's about the hunger of people because mm-hmm. you know, entrepreneur and business owner, specifically mm-hmm. the entrepreneur, and I don't think the entrepreneur like come from money because a lot of people they come from money. 
but the people, a lot of people hunger. The, yes, the drive. The drive. Know? I think this is what it's people the say it for different And I people. do think that it does give certain characteristics, though, because, yeah. you know, I think that Hello. it's it's true that there's people that, you know, everything was sort of given to them or they, you know, it was just easy for them the entire way. And others had to really just grind through everything that they were doing to get to that same point. So I think that's very important. I think that Both it builds characters. inspiring. It, it, saying, it builds character, but for sure. But to me... I, I think when I experience that or when I see that, I mean, there's work ethic on both ends. Someone may be lucky enough to have the money to build a company, and mm-hmm. still that takes challenges in work, but... I don't say, I think luck, you see this, I I love this uh, saying, you know, one, I'm not sure who's a very famous guy, but he said something, he's very successful. He said, the more I work harder, the more I'm getting luckier. The luckier I get. I yeah, get. So I, I, I don't before. think it's about luck, it's about, I think it's being in the right place, meet the right people. Making the right decisions. Right decision. Yeah, I think making also, the right decisions. Because all of us, we're going to make mistakes. Listen, we failed 100,000 times in our life. But we still grab and we still put smile in our face and we say, what next? I think this is what... Yeah, I think uh, attitude has a lot to do with yeah. it, too. And not being afraid of failing. Uh, hello. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and just big... keep pushing through, you know? Because I've Learn made your lots mistakes. of mistakes or been embarrassed by a decision I made. Maybe that could be in business, but it just... Earning that back or showing that you can still mm-hmm. get up from that situation mm-hmm. is... Yeah. It's inspiring. Yeah. I, think I think this so. one from the most uh, unique decision where people come because people when they make mistake or fail is they take responsibility and they come learn from it. I think this is what makes people a huge different success. Different success. Okay, what more questions? So, so what are your dreams? Where do you see yourself in the future? Like, where is Emma Guardia going in her life? Like, where do you see yourself? Oh, I'm staying future. right here. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's so interesting because I'm such a creature of habit. Like, yeah. and. I think I, well, I definitely found my place. I love Cambridge. Mm-hmm. I love New England. I love the yeah. seasons. I, I definitely won't change that. My sister, on the other hand, is extremely nomadic and mm-hmm. she wants to change <laughs> places every year. Yeah. And it, it's so funny from a sibling perspective how different you can turn out, even though you had yeah. the same upbringing. My sister's yeah. into yoga and Zen and I have a yeah. very stressful job. <laughs> and you know, she tried working with me for a year and it was yeah. lovely, but it wasn't for her. Yeah. And, I respected that. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, you're not just going to do a job just because mm-hmm. you know, she really wanted to find something that she was passionate about. Yeah. I what do you do to like relieve stress and to kind of unwind? For relieving stress, I, well, I took on, it's hard to take on hobbies in real estate because it's so, it's so easy to be able to consume your life. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. business that operates at all hours. Yeah. And uh, my poor partners had to deal with the the bulk of the late night phone calls <laughs> and all of that stuff, which is you know, I think it takes a good partnership too, where you have a very understanding person who mm-hmm. can realize, just like you guys, like yeah. sometimes things go beyond five p.m. or vacations are disrupted and <laughs> or not at all, vacation or non-existent. What's been vacation? <laughs> what, what is that word? A vacation what is, is non-existent. <laughs> what's been vacation? Oh, vacation. I don't even know what weekends are anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but making the time, right? Like having a week to be able yeah. to, and I didn't do that for so long. And my sister was a huge inspiration for me with that because she always said, "Make time." Mm-hmm. F- you know. There's there's different types of wealth. There's emotional wealth, like having a good well-being, mm-hmm. because you can get so burnt out from mm-hmm. of just course. the rat race of trying to keep up and being hard on yourself or being mm-hmm. self-critical because you feel like you're not doing enough, mm-hmm. but just taking some time to step back. Mm-hmm. And then that 
also helps you grow. I mean, I think the yeah. biggest thing for me is my next steps in the future is I, I would really like to have a business coach, mm-hmm. someone who can really look at see outside of my eyes and and say these are your strengths these are your weaknesses because Mm -hmm. that's really the only way to help someone grow is to be able to have a support system and a team Mm -hmm. and generally right now me and my business partner are a small team sometimes real estate teams have six seven people i'd love to grow to get to that point Mm -hmm. and i think having a a business someone to be able to help support that with Mm -hmm. me would be really great amazing yeah uh What do you do for fun, Emma? For fun, I I definitely have picked up hobbies. I one huge relief of stress for me is playing the piano, mm-hmm. playing an instrument. So I've I've people are shocked to learn I'm probably by far the youngest student in my piano uh, studio where I or the it's she's my piano teacher is generally teaching kids who are going to conservatory. They're like six mm. years old. And then I come in, I'm 30 and much older. And I'm like, I, I yeah, by the time I'm 90, you know, I'll master this. That's amazing. <laughs> But do you have, do you have a favorite, a favorite song that you play? I, are you not quite there yet? I'm not sure how far, I really how far like along are you? Grieg. Um, he's like my favorite. I like the romantic era mm. of yeah. classical music. Yeah. I love Rachmaninoff, which he, that's almost impossible to play because his finger span is like double my hand and yeah. is really challenging. But right now I'm doing Kabalevsky and mm-hmm. some of like children's books, which yeah. are really fun because as an adult, <laughs> it makes you feel like a kid again. And, yeah, and my teacher fun. talks to me like I'm a kid. I'm like, I'll take it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love this. <laughs> so oh, it's been, great. if I'm stressed out, I'll have that to be able to use as an escape. I just shut my phone off. I have an hour of time for mm-hmm. myself. And then running, it was also is and is not. I mean, COVID definitely slowed my pace with running, mm-hmm. but in general, that was my escape mm-hmm. is is running i was part of a running group in davis square and i'm very connected to the charles river so could do mm-hmm. runs there mm-hmm. yeah i had actually two friends from my running group run in the boston marathon oh nice oh nice yeah this past very week cool. yeah. nice so w- when we go back you talk about making mistake how you face your mistake when you make when you when you did make mistake when you did make a failure how you come face those do uh, do you come face and face on Or do you, uh, how you face, or how you fix them? Wait, can you repeat that quarter question again? So if, when you, t- you know, you talk about making mistakes, mm-hmm. fa- how you face them? Like, you know, because everybody has like different... Like how you handle your... How you handle your mistake, how you handle okay. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because everybody has different way. For people, some people, they just ignore they it and move and ahead. Move. Some people learn. Some people, mm-hmm. they say, you know what, I want to hit this on. So how you handle it? I think what, that- How was yeah. the best advice you give people to how to handle the mistake? I guess that's evolved over time because when I was younger, I took criticism or when I did something wrong, I, it was harder for me to own it. Mm-hmm. And that's just maybe an ego thing, mm-hmm. right? That you don't want to take criticism or someone else's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But I think now as I've gotten older, I, you know, when, when, so, when there's a mistake, you have to own it or, you know, that does happen and, and, You know, we're only human. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, whether it be something like an apology or whether owning the mistake and confronting that person and say, like, 
you know, next time this won't happen again. I think those are the best ways to be very direct and Mm -hmm. to not ignore it because then it will just become a bigger problem in the future. Yeah, Yeah. or a bigger problem than it really even needs to be in a lot of cases. So now when you're working with a partner, because I know working with a partner like me and Stephen work Mm -hmm. together, like, you know, obviously we husband and wife and work together and, a lot of challenges. Uh, <laughs> I love that dynamic. There's a whole other layer of challenges. It's a lot of challenges, <laughs> but you know, we were 24 hours together. Obviously, I Your love it. Your pillow talk is about business. Uh, yeah, we, we love it. But when you work with a partner, how we deal with a partner? Because those where I feel a lot of time, people face the challenges. With my personal life. Yeah. Oh, no, partner and your business Business life. partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I always use that. People like make fun of me when, I call, when I'm like, oh, my partner. They're like, you're business partner or is this like your boyfriend <laughs> um so wait say that again so my business partner yeah business partner so how like because a lot of people i feel uh, especially like we had somebody actually we met with a few months ago and the two partner i felt like they were not on the same page yeah they were very uh, disconnected like, uh, way yeah. disconnected so how you stay especially with a busy lifestyle with how you stay in the same page how you communicate how do you guys meet in the office often or how we do you meet in the office? Yeah. Generally, our meetings consist of like a French baguette and some damn good prosciutto. <laughs> from that sounds amazing. My business partner's French. So like that was yeah. kind of we always would come to the table. That was like in the beginning of when we started working together, we'd always have good food and mm-hmm. we'd have a good time. It wasn't necessarily like a piece of paper and pen. We'd have a yeah. platter of good stuff That's to amazing. eat and just have fun. And I think that Roland is a young spirit mm-hmm. and you know, his, his family's very supportive of Mm -hmm. him. And we, he has a very similar, like happy go lucky attitude, Mm -hmm. make jokes, have fun, don't take life too seriously. And that's why it's really worked. But Mm -hmm. also he lets me take the lead on stuff that I may want to spearhead Mm -hmm. and doesn't really try to, you know, go after the same thing. We're never competing with each other. We're Mm -hmm. always in synergy with each other and he is on this i'm on an upward trajectory of my business and he's Mm -hmm. slowing down and it's a really nice meet in the middle type of Mm -hmm. thing where he can do things that he may enjoy more cycling hanging out with his grandchildren and Mm -hmm. can rely on me to Mm -hmm. take over um things that the mundane tax tasks Mm -hmm. that he may not want to do Mm -hmm. so now let's go back when we talk about partner you talk about your boyfriend how you separate life business life from personal life, because this is a challenge where everybody faces it. How I have not this? mastered that at all. It's <laughs> it's really hard. It's a challenge. It's uh, it's difficult. Let's put it this way. My partner uh, boyfriend is is extremely successful in real estate, and he's highly intelligent, and so mm-hmm. he is a mentor to me too. That I also get to date, which is even better. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but like, so, you know, we can be very, like, upfront with each other and mm-hmm. be very transparent about stuff. And he's helped me a lot, too, mm-hmm. along the way. But we both are in the same business. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to explain to each other, mm-hmm. I have to take this 9 o'clock call mm-hmm. or things that run on yeah. different hours, which has actually made it much easier for me because relationships in the past who, for people who – operate on a cycle where they can just have the luxury of shutting their phone off at five. I don't mm-hmm. have that. I have to have my phone yeah. on all the time. Yeah. And we both know that it's made it much simpler. I've, and then vacations that we work on weekends. So yeah. we can just be like, peace out. We're going to the vineyard, you know, for three <laughs> days during the week and be very aligned in that. Whereas yeah. 
my like business days to me, certain days of the week can be off days mm-hmm. for other people, like other people. So yeah, if they have the weekend off or yeah, like work a nine to five, it's very different than just having that flexibility. It seems like there's a lot of synergies between real estate and entrepreneurship. It's it's very similar, it seems, because there's a level of flexibility, but there's also a level of you are like your the business piece of it is constantly on. There's always something that has to be done or there's a lot of sort of ups and downs and kind of um, things that come at you at different hours and things like that, that not normal business settings from like a nine to five setting typically occur. Yeah, it is. Um, it is owning a business. Mm-hmm. It's owning it under another entity, under mm-hmm. a brokerage. But in general, your clients are, you know, you have to keep that, foster that relationship. Mm-hmm. You have to create a brand for yourself that's separate mm-hmm. and makes you separate from the rest. And some people scale up their business in real estate to make a 15-person team. Mm-hmm. I'm not in a place that I've done that, but mm-hmm. there are definitely people who have taken it to a whole other level where it's so, almost like they have a brokerage. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a goal of yours? Uh, to, because I heard the 6P, what you said. So what's your goal? What's your goal for your uh, real estate agency? My goal is to definitely, I I would like to hire a team that mm-hmm. can be, that I can rely on to help do as a support system. Actually, my youngest, my youngest, uh, no, second youngest brother who is going to college, he's going to Bridgewater State, is going to be working for me this summer, which will be really interesting. <laughs> oh, amazing. Wow, this will be fun. <laughs> fun. It will be fun because, actually, I didn't I didn't get to know him that much through childhood because mm-hmm. I w- there was this big age gap. Mm-hmm. So um, getting to know him a, li- a little more through business, mm-hmm. although... That'll be fun. Yeah, he'll be commuting up here from, <laughs> from Whitman, which is quite far. And but he's really enthusiastic about it, mm-hmm. and That's I think great. it will make our relationship closer, which yeah, is good. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully, okay. he likes to work because I'm tough. <laughs> <laughs> tough My boss. sister would say when she worked with me, she's like, "You're hard," <laughs> and I, I think that's that was a huge learning experience for me when my sister worked on my team. She could tell me, like, you're mm-hmm. being a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is really good. This is feedback that maybe another employee would never would tell never me tell. Yeah. again. And my sister could just give it to me at face value and say, yeah. just so you know, that was the biggest learning piece of my sister working for me. She was the first person I ever hired and the first person to give me all of the feedback I'll ever need to be mm-hmm. able to hire someone again and learn from my wrongdoings with her that you know, she was at the able to tell me because mm-hmm. we were, we were siblings. It's yeah. a totally different dynamic, I would imagine. I mean, uh, my sister knows the buttons to press with me mm-hmm. and I do with her too. So that the even more if if there is a family type relationship, mm-hmm. I admire that they're able to keep that very separate and never, mm-hmm. you know, and still prosper because mm-hmm. with family it's Mm-hmm. It is, like you said, it's, difficult. It's, it's harder. It is yeah. harder. So now what advice you have to give for somebody in, let's say, want to start in real estate? What one advice you would give them? I would, my advice would be stay persistent. Don't give mm-hmm. up. Even if it may, if, even if it means doing, trying to start part time, mm-hmm. although that can be challenging because um, you know, it's, it's a, you have to be 100% committed to it, but mm-hmm. some people I've seen where they could work in a nightlife industry or work opposite hours that mm-hmm. really help to feed it until mm-hmm. they become successful. Mm-hmm. 
really the first two years are the hardest part and really hone in on a specific demographic slash location, or I should say location that you want to work in. Mm -hmm. Don't spread yourself across the map because Mm -hmm. if you're trying to do every single town, my feeling is that you'll never be able to create that referral base that Mm -hmm. you want and that knowledge of like one specific area that's going to make you a bigger asset to your clients. Mm -hmm. And also logistically, I would imagine that's kind of a nightmare, you know? To try to to try to get from place to place if you're constantly going from like one side of one city to the other side of the other city on a daily basis. If you're doing showings and whatnot, it would be really difficult to do. I mean, so. my ideal would be that I could commute on my Vespa or my bike <laughs> to every showing. So you, you drive Vespa, uh, you talk about a few times. You a, Vespa? a Vespa? I love my Vespa. I like, it's just... I, why do I feel like that's a Cambridge thing? Do you need license? Cambridge is more bike pro bike Bikes, than so yeah. they have a good bike infrastructure. Well, yeah. that's a whole they're building it out other now discussion. even more. There's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of people on Mass Ave who are very frustrated at the bike infrastructure because yeah. it's lo- it's helping it's losing customers because they're taking away parking. Yeah. And then there's people who are saying, well, you know, this is reducing like emissions and mm-hmm. like we're dealing with you know. People who this is a city who's primarily a co- basically one big college campus. It's mm-hmm. all people who may not have vehicles and have bikes. Students mm-hmm. don't have cars. So yeah. you, are you yeah. a driver of Vespa who they stop in that they want the is a, uh, <laughs> oh I love that I know where he's going with this. It, so you want to pass the traffic light when it's green? Are you? Oh yeah, yeah. You're you're a I'm like you're the a born pedest- identity in my you're a pedestrian Vespa. or you're a car. Yeah, I like <laughs> go backwards in my Vespa. That was a joke. <laughs> speed, I'm a speed. No, I. it only goes 30 miles an hour. There's a regulator yeah. on it. You can't go more than 30. And my thing with the Vespa is I actually feel more safe. I feel safer on a Vespa than I do a bike. Do a helmet? Definitely wear a it's helmet. a small helmet and uh, red, <laughs> looks like a red color or pink color, black color. So my Vespa's my spaghetti red. A sp- spaghetti and red. then my helmet is black. Black. So, yeah. but I guess it's with something mm-hmm. with. Uh, but my friend actually just sent me a disco ball helmet, which I'm buying. <laughs> but but awesome. that might also be like a cause of accidents because of the <laughs> glare. I don't know. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Do you need to have license for it or not? So it's not. So with yeah. motorcycles, scooters fall under the category of not needing a motorcycle license. Oh, you don't need a motorcycle mm-hmm. license. Yeah. So Emma, can you tell us a little bit about how people can get a hold of you? I'm pretty accessible anywhere. If you go into Cambridge, the likelihood is that you'll find me maybe on my red Vespa (laughs) Um, through Internet, through, you know, you can visit www.emmaguardia.com through text, through email. I respond quickly Mm -hmm. on all of those amazing all of those areas. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Founder Thought. You can find more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at founderthought.com. Founder Thought is a production of Pepper Gang.